I one was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul, and he bathed my heart in love, and wrote my name above, and just a little talk with Jesus makes me whole, now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our trouble, he will hear our faintest cry, you know he'll answer by and by, and you feel a little prayer for yearning as your heart in heaven is turning, you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right, sometimes my past seems dream without a ray of cheer. And then a cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. The mist of sin may rise and hide the starry skies. But just a little talk with Jesus makes it away. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Now let us tell. And he will hear our faintest cry. You know he'll by and by, feel a little prayer for yearning as your heart, and you will find, yes, it makes it all right, and I may have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night, and I'll go to him in prayer, he knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, now let us have a little talk with Jesus, now let us tell, and he will hear our faith is you know he'll answer by and by, feel a little prayer for yearning and you will find yes he makes it all right now let us have a little talk with now let us tell and you will you know he'll answer by and by feel a little prayer for yearning as your hearts in heaven is It's alright, it's alright, it's alright, well and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, well you know it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, well and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right, now let us have a little talk with Jesus
Amen. It's a pleasure to be back here with you all on this Sunday morning as we come together as Christians to, uh, to worship God in spirit and, to, and truth, to, to sing collective praises to God, to lift up God's holy name. And, and it's a beautiful thing. We have communed together. We have given as God has prospered us. And on the month, uh, the month, in the month of July, what I want to do, what I want our focus to be is to, is to look at some house cleaning. Amen. Uh, we need to clean up house a little bit at the Avenue G Church of Christ. And so we're going to be looking at some things that we are familiar with, some things that uh, we, we need to be reminded about, some things that, that are important for all of us to remember in our everyday lives, amen, as members of the Avenue G Church of Christ. And any church that you uh, out there are listening from, uh, it is important, these lessons, I believe these lessons are important, for the church. And we're going to look at that in the month of July. The first sermon uh, in the month of July is going to be puffed up dough. Puffed up dough. And on today, July the 5th, is also a special day because it is Dila's birthday. Dila's birthday is today. Uh, so wish Dila a birthday when you get an opportunity um, and ask her how old she is. All right. Now, the intro that I have for today it was inclusive of an object lesson. I had a, a yeast roll in the refrigerator. I had a yeast roll in the refrigerator from Cotton Patch, and I wanted to use it in my sermon today, but I want to show you, and I think that you all know what yeast rolls look like, right? Um, you understand what yeast rolls look like, and, and you know that when you bite into a yeast roll, it is the, one of the most tastiest, most fluffiest things that you can have on your plate at dinner time. But the process of making yeast rolls uh, is one that is pretty amazing and pretty scientific. You see, a yeast roll has to have what in it? Yeast, right? Yeah, it has to have yeast in it. And when you add this thing to the flour and whatever else goes in there, right, uh, there's this thing that eats up the little whatchamacallits, and then they expel this gas. And you have this mound of dough that's this big when you start off. And when you walk away from it, the yeast causes it to expand, and the yeast continues to reduce. What I want you to understand today is, is that when we allow sin to exist in the church, I want you to know that sin is explained in the Bible as being yeast. And if sin goes along in the church, within the church, within the members without being confronted, without being squashed out, I want you to know that it will begin to produce and puff up and it will become, the church will become ineffective. And what I mean by that is the church, when you go out individually to the church, because every Christian is a, a piece of the church, a member of the church, when you go out into the community, into your jobs, into the schools, and you have sin that is existing within the church among the members, what you say to people on the outside is ineffective if we allow it to continue. And so the Apostle Paul, uh, he, he, he teaches a message within 1 Corinthians chapter 5 about what we should do when sin exists in the church and what can happen if it goes unchecked. I want to start off this morning. I'm going to move this podium back a little bit because I don't want to spit on anybody. I want to start off this morning 
In 1 Corinthians 5, turn your Bibles with me. 1 Corinthians 5, I'll be reading from the ESV version. I'm going to read the text in its entirety first, and then we'll see what it is that God has for us within this word. The Bible reads, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in the body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver. Can we say deliver? Deliver. If you're watching live, type in deliver. It says, verse 5 again, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved. Uh, This is so important for you to understand. Verse 5 is going to be key. Can we say, so that his spirit may be saved? So that his spirit may be saved. In the day of the Lord. Verse 6 says, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. As you really are unleavened, for Christ our Passover lamb has been crucified. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother, of brother. If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge. Can we say purge? Purge. Purge the evil person from among you. In verses 1 and 2, we see Paul here. He points out the fact that the church that is in the city of Corinth is dealing with an issue. This church has a problem. This church has a problem that they're dealing with. And Paul says, you have problems among you within your congregation, and and, and you know about them. Paul writes to them because they're having issues, because he knows that he needs to address some things. And Paul says, this is how you ought to feel about the things that are going on in the body at this time. Uh, The Bible says again, what does it say? Verse 1, Brother Rowe. It is actually... The Bible says it is actually reported uh-huh. that there is sexual immorality. That there is sexual immorality. Pause right there for me for a moment. When he gets to this part right here, uh, what it means to be sexually immoral means, it means that there are sexual acts that are, uh, that are morally objectionable. 
especially related to prostitution. That's what that word means here. Uh, Paul hears that there is engagement in sexual activity, but, but this type of sexual activity, uh, it's, it's a bit different. Uh, all, all sin is sin, but the one that is going on within the church sounds a bit disturbing. Go ahead and read all the way through verse 2 and for me. among you. Uh-huh. And of a kind uh-huh. that is not tolerated, uh-huh. even among pagans, uh-huh. for a man has his father's wife. Now pause there for a moment. Paul, Paul here is saying to the church, he's saying that I heard from where I am that there is some sexual immorality among you. And he says the type of sin that, be, that is being committed currently is the type of sin that is not even tolerated among people who don't belong to God. He says, you're Christians, you belong to God. He says, why are you engaging in actions that not even sinners engage in? Paul is saying, your actions are worse than the world that you came out of. What is the point of being the called out people of God if we go back into the world? That's what the church means. Ecclesia, the Greek word, called out. The called out group of people from the world. What is the point of being the called out people from the world if we go back into the world? He's saying what is going on is so, 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 so disturbing because a man is having a sexual relationship with his father's wife. And I pray that that's his stepmother. But this is what's happening. Either way, it's not right. Verse number two, the Bible says, And you uh are arrogant. Paul says, here you are, church at Corinth. Your your world is is great around you. You're a thriving city. Your your, your government is uh, looking up. Uh, you, you're probably wealthy, you're probably doing well in your life, and you're walking around proud in the fact that you are the church. Walking around proud whenever there are members among you who are living in sin. He says what, Brother Ro? Ought you not rather to mourn? He's saying, shouldn't your attitude rather be one of mourning that when people mourn, when people mourn, that usually means that someone has died. He says your attitude should be that there was a person who is a member, a brother or sister within the church. They have been called away from sin. They have been delivered from sin, not just called away from it, but delivered from sin, received the answer from sin, which is the gospel. And then they went back into that life. They received new life, the life that is eternal towards God. And then they said, I want to go back to where I used to be. We should be mourning when our brothers and sisters are living in sin. He says, let him who has done this, go ahead, read. Let him who has done this Uh be removed from among you. Paul states that they should have felt a sense of mourning so that the sinner would be removed from them. You cannot know what is going on in this man's life. Listen to this. You cannot know what's going on within this man's life, this brother's life, this sister's life, if you don't have a relationship with your brother and sister in the church. I know that we don't have 
everybody here in the building at this moment in time, but we have a directory. Everybody has access to that directory. Are we keeping up with our brothers and sisters? Are we checking up to make sure that the brothers and sisters who worship with us here at Avenue G Church of Christ are living a way that would be pleasing to God? You may look at yourself and say, okay, that's not my job. Paul is saying that we need to be people who police each other. We need to be people who hold each other to a high standard. If we're going to be effective in the ministry here at the Avenue G Church of Christ in Midtown Temple, if we're going to reach those people that are at Feed My Sheep, if we're going to reach the people that hang out at the parks, if we're going to reach the people that uh, rely on CTLC, if we're going to reach the people that are at Salvation Army, our witness has to be effective, and it cannot be effective if those who worship here are living in sin. That's why I always say, if you're going to wear your Avenue G t-shirts and Avenue G hats and sweatshirts, please make sure you're living right. Please make sure you're doing the right thing because it makes us ineffective in the spreading of the gospel when we don't. We have a duty. And each one of you has been blessed with a gift to spread the gospel in your own way. Do y'all understand that? Some of us sing. Some of us have the ability to show kindness to others. Some of us have the ability who are just natural servants. Some of us have the ability to talk to anybody. We don't know a stranger. Let's make sure that our worship, that our, our witness us sharing the gospel is not ineffective. Now, the second section that I want to look at is in uh, uh, verse number three through five, judge sin. And I put a question mark there because you got to ask yourself, sometimes you ask yourself, how can I point out what the other brother and sister is doing when I sin too? Should I judge sin? I make mistakes. How can I correct them on what they're doing? You see, there's an attitude that we need to understand and we need to have. We need to understand that we are all going to sin. And we need to be willing to accept correction and give correction. Amen. Because if you truly love your brother or sister, you won't sit there and watch them live in sin. Amen. If you see that I'm doing something wrong, let me know. Because guess what? Sometimes we don't always see it when we're in it. We've been there before, right? We don't see the sin that we're living in until we get that whooping. Please keep me out of trouble. And I'll do the same for you. If, you if, if we love each other, we'll do that for each other. Paul says in verse number three, what does he say there? For thou absent in body. So he's saying, I'm, I'm not physically present with you right now. Though I'm absent in body, I'm not there. What does he say? I am present in spirit. He says, I am, though. I am present in spirit at this moment in time. Come on. And as if present, uh-huh. I have already pronounced uh-huh. judgment on the one who did such a thing. Paul says, I don't need to wait until I get there to, with you. I don't need to wait until I come to Corinth to be with the church at Corinth. I'm already going to tell you yes, sir. what these actions are. And I'm going to tell you 
how God sees them. Because that's the authority by which we judge. It's by the authority of God. You, you hear all the time, I, I, only God can judge me. Listen, Paul is going to tell us here very clearly as Christians, we need to be looking out for each other by doing such things. Paul may not be there, but, but he has already made his decision. And the fact that he makes a decision is groundbreaking because the body needs to manage itself properly. We need to police each other according to God's word, not according to your word. Did you hear that? Not according to the standard by which you live by in your house. Not according to the standard that you learned from the military. Not according to the standard that you got from your high school football coach. But according to God's standards. Because there are some things that I do in my house that, that are requirements in my house. That is not a requirement that has been made by God. Amen. I, I know that in, within each one of our homes individually, we do things that are not required by God, but we hold it as truth. We don't hold other Christians by our own standard, but by the standard of God. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 4, the Bible says what? When you are assembled, when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, uh-huh. and my spirit is present, uh-huh. With the power of our Lord Jesus. He's saying, what I'm about to say is by the power of our Lord Jesus. He states this, I believe, to remind them that we have one to answer to. We have one to answer to. Verse number five, what does the Bible say? You are uh-huh. to deliver this man. He says, you are to deliver this man to Satan. Uh-huh. For the destruction of the flesh. Come on. Now, this, this, is, this is right here. Listen. Some of us may look at this and we may say, Chris, this is harsh. You mean that I need to call my brother or sister to the front floor or to the front of the floor and say, hey, you're not doing right in the Lord? Paul says, and, and understand that Paul is an apostle and the words that he speak are inspired by God. He's saying that we need to call our brothers and sisters out who are living in sin so that the flesh can be destroyed. That means that I'm going to get my feelings hurt when I need to be corrected sometimes. That means that if you love me, you will be willing to hurt me towards truth. To hurt me towards the proper way of God. We are not called to be God's people and then jump back into the world. Yes, sir. That means that those who say that they are friends, but they won't tell you when you're doing wrong, are actually not your friends. And they don't actually love you. You may get mad, and I understand that. I've spoken with many people here at Avenue G about certain things, and they may get mad, and I'm okay with that because I love you enough to deal with you being angry with me so that we can be in heaven together. Amen? Amen. Understand that if I come to you with correction, or that if your brothers and sisters come to you with correction, or if I'm presenting something from the pulpit, it's out of love. And I try my best to say it in a, in a way that can be loving. 
but I want us to all do better so that they can do better on the outside. He says, I want you to deliver. And this word deliver here, it means to surrender someone or something to another, especially to an authority. I want you to deliver them to the destruction or for the destruction of the flesh so that what? his, his spirit so that his spirit may be saved may be saved in the day of the Lord Paul says I'm willing for the destruction of the flesh to happen I'm willing for them to be angry now I'm willing for them to suffer being separated from the body now yes, so that in the day of the Lord when the day of judgment comes they can be in heaven too and be saved Paul says, I want you all to be saved, and I love you so much that I'm willing to make you a bit uncomfortable. Verse number, well, let's look at Romans chapter uh, 7, verse number 18. Romans chapter 7, verse number 18. What does the Bible say there? For I know that nothing good dwells in me. Paul again says, as he writes a letter to the church in Rome, he says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is, that is in my flesh. In my flesh. I need everybody to understand that anything that comes specifically from you is not going to be inherently good. Man. Only good comes from God. Yes, sir. The only good things come from God. Understand that if you engage in something, no matter how well you want it to turn out, if you don't have God in that thing, it is not going to be and end up being good. That's your marriage, that's your job, that's raising your children, playing sports, that's that too. If you go into sports and you don't take God into that thing, you lying to say some things on the field to other players and to the rest that you should not say. And I know that for a fact because I used to do that stuff. (laughs) You got to take God everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, God has to be in everything. Nothing good comes from the flesh. Everything that is good comes from God. God is a spirit, and his spirit helps us along in this process. Paul continues on in this epistle in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 6 through 8. Paul says that you need to purge this leaven. Now, now the, the title of this lesson is Puffed Up Dough. I need you to understand that Avenue G does not need to be puffed up dough. And I'm going to explain this reference of why Paul uses this here. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6, the Bible says what? You're boasting. Paul says, you're boasting, you walking around as if everything is good at the Corinth Church of Christ. You're acting as if everything is going along the way that it should go, but you're allowing sin to exist. Keep reading. It's not good. Uh Uh-huh. Do you not know? He says, do you not know? That a little leaven. He says, a little leaven. This is yeast. He says, just a little bit of leaven. Come on. Leavens the whole lump. Leavens the whole lump. Did you not know that if you have a little, just a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of sin existing in the church, it leavens the whole lump? That yeast, it begins to spread. I want you to know that yeast is a substance that is used to produce fermentation in dough or liquid. Uh, It's a material used to produce a gas and it lightens the dough or the batter and it causes its shape to change. It causes its shape to change. And I need you to understand that when God founded the church, he meant for the church to be made a certain way. Amen. 
He wanted the church to be built on the foundation, the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. And it would be built upon those who he sent, those who he spoke through, the apostles, right? And then us, we would continue to make up the church as the church went along throughout history. And when we allowed sin to exist in the church, we add a wing to the building. And then we put a basement underneath the foundation that is Jesus Christ. And then we add another wing on the other side. And then we add a second story to the church that we didn't have any bloodshed to build. A little bit of sin leavens the whole lump. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? I want you to understand that if you are the member of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, the church that belongs to God, I need you to understand that if you know about a member living in sin, say something. Yes, sir. You need to say something. Because we do them an a, 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 a injustice, a disservice, if we don't help our brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm telling you, I've been in the position to where I did not see it until after I got in trouble for it. Help us help ourselves. Help me help myself. And I promise I'll do the same for you. He chastises them about the amount of confidence that they have in themselves, that they are doing well. They should have a pulse on whether or not the body is doing well. If you don't know how well the members at Avenue G are doing and you're a member of Avenue G, that means that you're probably not uh, active in the body and you're probably not speaking to one another and you're probably not loving on one another. Paul here, he calls them back to an Old Testament passage. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 12. Verse number 15 through 20. Uh, Here is where we we want to find ourselves in Exodus. Uh, We see something being explained about unleavened bread. Unleavened bread means that this is bread that does not have yeast in it. This is bread that is not puffy. This is the stuff that we eat when we take communion. There's a reason for this, right? Because in the Bible, yeast or leaven represents sin, now, the Bible says what, Brother Rowe? Seven days. It says seven days. It's explaining to them how they're supposed to celebrate this. Come on. You shall eat unleavened bread. You shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, uh-huh. you shall remove leaven out of your houses. He says to them, I don't even want leaven to be in your house. And now, as I read this, I'm thinking to myself, guess what? If you have a household that is, that is a part of Avenue G Church of Christ and you don't live by yourself, if you have a household and the people in your household are living in sin, get that leaven out of your house because it makes the, it makes the witness of the church ineffective. If there are people in your house living in sin and then you come into worship in the church and your house is full of leaven, the effectiveness of the gospel that is spread here at the Avenue G Church of Christ is rendered ineffective because the same person that you go to and you tell them Jesus Christ is your savior, the gospel is for you. They're going to say, but what about that person that lives with you? You just saw me today and they live with you and they live in sin. Amen. Come on, look, keep going. For if anyone, for if anyone eats what is unleavened, Uh no, what is leavened, go ahead, from the first day until the seventh day, uh-huh. that person uh-huh. shall be cut off from Israel. You see, they, 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 here they said, if you, if you don't obey God and what he has prescribed to us, 
you will be cut off. And I need you to understand that in Corinth and among God's people, which are the Israelites, being a member of God's people was important. Now we treat church membership like it ain't nothing. We church hop from this church to the next church, and this online thing has made it even worse because we'll go to one church on this Sunday online. We'll go attend online worship at this other church. And guess what? People that usually want to do that who go around church hopping, these are the very same people. They don't want anybody to know what they have going on in their life. And they figure, if I church hop, I don't have an elder looking and knowing what's going on in my life. I don't have members who see me out and about because they don't know who I am. I don't have to be involved with anything that's going on in the church. I can just hop in, sit on the back row, go home and leave. Nobody knows. I can just hop in at this church and I don't have to study my Bible, be ready for Bible class. Nobody's going to know the difference. Church membership is important and we need to treat it as such. Just because you gave $20 to Avenue G last year doesn't mean that you're consistently going to be a member. Membership doesn't, it's not, it, you don't pay to be a member. Amen. You're not voted into the body of Christ. God adds those to the body of Christ, to the church. Membership with the church body should be taken more seriously than it does now today. Amen? Right. Let's continue to read that, Brother Ro. From the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. All right. Verse 16. Verse 16. On the first day. On the first day. You shall hold a holy assembly. You shall hold a holy assembly. And on the seventh day. And on the seventh day. A holy assembly. Uh-huh. No work shall be done on those days. Uh-huh. But what everyone needs to eat, keep going. That alone may be prepared by you. Uh huh. And you shall observe the feast uh-huh. of unleavened bread. Uh huh. For on this very day on this I brought your host out of the land of Egypt. Uh huh. Therefore, uh-huh. you shall observe this day uh-huh. throughout your generations as a statue forever. Uh huh. Verse eighteen. In the first month. From the 14th day of the month at evening, uh-huh. you shall eat unleavened bread he's, until the 21st day. He's telling them how they are to celebrate the, yeast, uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Come on. Until the 21st day of the month at evening. Verse 19. For seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. Uh-huh. If anyone eats what is leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Come on. Whether he is sojourner uh-huh. or a native Come on. of the land. Come on. Verse 20. You shall eat nothing leavened. Uh-huh. In all your dwelling places, you shall eat unleavened bread. I need you to see here. The yeast in the festival represented sin, and the people of God were to remain unchanged. Yes, sir. The people of God were to remain unchanged. Uh, Indifferent to outside influences of sin in order to remain in the camp, in the collection of the Israelites. And God here, through Paul, is making it clear that they must continue within the church. Even today at the Avenue G Church of Christ, we must continue to do the same. He's telling them that allowing just a little bit of sin changes the whole lump. It mutates what should have been in the first place. Now, verse number seven, Paul here, he starts to get 
is serious about this thing. He tells us how serious we are to uh, deal with and treat sin. Verse number 11, what does the Bible say there? Or verse number 7, what does the Bible say there? Therefore. It says, therefore. Purge out the old leaven. Now, that word purge there, it means to clean out to remove something ritually impure from one's environment or presence. We do not allow sin to exist within the Avenue G Church of Christ. Amen. Does that mean? No, 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 no. Now, think about this for a moment. If we were to uh, allow uh, a sin period, right? Because there's, there's a difference here. Everybody misses the mark at some point in time. Or else we'd all have to be out of here. We all wouldn't be a part of the body. But people who continue to live in sin, non-repentant, not changing, continuing to gauge in the same actions over and over without any remorse, it needs to be addressed. And Paul says, purge out, clean out that leaven, that sin that is among the body. So what? Keep reading. That you may be a new lump. So that you can be a new lump. Go back to that verse, please. That you can be a new lump. Since you truly are unleavened. Uh-huh. For indeed, for Christ, indeed. our uh-huh. Passover, uh-huh. was sacrificed for us. Keep that there on that verse. Paul calls for them to purge out the old leaven and the old yeast. He does not tell them to carefully pick it out of the dough or to adjust to the changes that it will bring. He tells them that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. The blood is on the doorpost already. His blood is on the doorpost. Imagine them as they are in Egypt. And then then Moses tells the people, I need you to, we don't have time for the bread to rise. Yes, sir. We don't have time for the bread to rise. Sacrifice those lambs. Get that blood on the doorpost so that God can recognize that each individual house is belonging to him. Because we got to get away from this sin that's here in Egypt. This bondage that's in Egypt represented sin. We got to get away from this stuff. We got to get out. We got to get going towards the promised land. And he's saying, Christ, our Passover lamb was sacrificed for us. Let's keep it moving forward. Verse number eight, what does the Bible say? Let us therefore. Let us therefore celebrate the festival. Celebrate the festival. Not with the old leaven. Not with the old leaven. The leaven of malice. The leaven. The leaven of malice. And evil. Uh huh. But uh huh. With the unleavened bread uh-huh. of sincerity. The unleavened and truth. bread of sincerity and truth. I need you all to understand that the church is not going to be without mistakes. And I'm talking about us individually. We're going to make mistakes, but we need to get that stuff right. We need to get it back on track. How we take this thing. Right? How, how, how we handle sin in the church is so important to the structure of the body. It makes sure that we continue to be effective and do the will of God. Now, I want you to see here. Go to the next slide. And verse, next one. Here, he tells us how we are to deal. Now, there are people in the church who are doing their level best to be what God wants them to be. We see them as family. And then there are those who continue to be disobedient to God and don't care about what God wants them to do. These are heathen. 1 Corinthians 5, verse number 9. And I don't say that to be mean, but I need you to see this. Verse number 9, what does the Bible say? I wrote to you. 
The Bible says, I wrote to you. In my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. He says, I already wrote you a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. This means a person who is known for sexual sin, a person who engages wildly in fornication, a person who mingles or keeps, keeps company uh, or relationship with someone sexually that is not their spouse. I need you to understand this. That Paul is not just talking about sexual sin. Because sometimes what we do is we take this verse, we read our Bible and say, oh, I don't have a problem with this. So he must not be talking about me. That is not the case. Sin is sin is sin. If you're engaging in sin and your brother and sister comes to you about it and they're saying, hey, brother or sister, I love you. I think that you ought to be doing better in this area here. I just want to let you know so that you can see it and so that we can do better. Amen? Amen. He said, I wrote you not to associate with sexually immoral people. Verse number 10, what does the Bible say there? Not at all meaning. Not at all meaning. The sexually immoral of this world. Paul says, I'm not talking about the sexually immoral people who are outside of the body. He says, I'm not telling you not to associate with them. Why? Or the greedy, or the greedy, and swindlers, or swindlers, or adulterers. Since then, uh-huh. you would need to go out of the world. He says, if you were to stop engaging with those living in sin outside the world, you wouldn't be able to go outside. Amen. The world is going to sin. Those who belong to the world belong to the devil. They're going to do devilish things. They're going to live according to the flesh. They're going to live according to sin. They're going to continue to do things that are not according to the will of God because we aren't giving them the will of God. And they can't hear what we say because we allow anything that happens or anything that goes to go on within a church. The world is going to be the world. Paul is saying here, the world is going to continue to be the world. We can't control what the world does. We don't have a say-so in what the world does. We don't judge what the world does. But what does verse number 11 say? But, but now I am writing to he you. He says, but now I'm writing to you. Not to associate with he anyone. He says, do not associate with anyone. Who bears, who bears the name of a brother. Who bears the name of a brother. If he is guilty. If he is guilty. Of sexual immorality. Uh-huh. Or greed. Or greed. Or is an adulterer. Uh-huh. A reviler. Uh-huh. Drunker. Uh-huh. Or swindler. He's saying right here that anybody who is continuing to live in sin without repentance, without wanting to change their heart, without wanting or having remorse towards God for their actions, he says if they're a brother or sister and they're living in sin, I don't even want you eating with them. No association with them. All right. And we ought to love each other enough to be willing to allow their flesh flesh, to go through destruction so that their souls can be saved. If it gets to a point to where my children are at home and they're adults and they don't want to live according to the will of God, they won't no longer, they will no longer be in my home. They know that. I've told them that. If we have members in here who have been members for years and they don't want to live according to the will of God, 
They are not repenting. They are not wanting to change. I understand making mistakes. That's fine and dandy. We'll help you through that. But you're not remorseful about living in sin? We can't, we, we can't do that. Because everything else that we do, if we allow sin to exist in the church, everything that we do outside of church is a waste of time. Because people will use that little bit of leaven to deny God. Let's not give people an excuse. Let's not give people an excuse. I don't want to be the excuse for somebody not coming to God. I don't want to be the excuse for somebody not being obedient to the gospel. Because I don't want to answer to that on the day of judgment. I don't want God to ask me on the day of judgment, Chris, why did you continue to live in sin? Avenue G could have reached this person on this day, but because they saw you living in sin, they didn't hear what that member had to say. I don't want to answer to God with that. I wouldn't know what to say. We are not to mingle with folks who say that they are Christians, but are in reality heathens. And I'll say this as I've stated it here in recent weeks. If we have people at Avenue G who are racist, we are not putting up with it. We will not put up with racism at the Avenue G Church of Christ. What does verse number 12 say there? For what have I to do? For what have I to do? With judging outsiders. With judging outsiders. He said, I have nothing to do with judging outsiders. Whose job is it? Is it not those inside? Uh Uh-huh. The church whom you are to judge? He said, we need to be the people who are looking after and policing, helping police each other. Paul says it's not his job to judge folks on the outside. But isn't it our job to make sure we look after each other? Verse number 13, the Bible says what? God judges those. He says, God judges those. Outside. Outside. Purge the evil person. So don't worry about what's going on with those people on your job who don't obey God, with those people who are existing on the streets that don't obey God, those people that are all over the world and in certain political positions. Don't worry about what they got going on because you have a responsibility here at Avenue G Church of Christ. I can't, I can't control what the people on your job is doing. You can't control what people in certain offices are doing in the government. You can't control what your boss is doing. You can't control what your coworkers are doing. Amen. But you can play a part in making sure that the gospel is effective as it is preached from Avenue G Church of Christ. Amen. God will take care of those in the world living in sin, but we cannot, we cannot tolerate willful and unrepentant sin in the body. In conclusion, God wants us to see here that the toleration of sin, it actually warps the body. It causes both the individual sinner and the body to be lost. We don't want our lampstands taken away, amen? We must take our responsibility as the body seriously and maintain a healthy body that does not ignore willful sin. This will take, listen to this, this will take courage, right? It's going to take courage on your part because it's not, it's a scary thing to do to go talk to somebody about the sin that they're in. Amen? If we've done it before, you know that heart gets to beating because you're like, okay, what if they know about something that I did in my past? Boom, 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 boom. If they do, we can talk about that too. 
and we can work through our problems together in love. Amen? It takes courage. It takes knowledge. We need to understand God's will because we cannot be judging people based on what we think and not what God thinks, okay? It can't be based on what you think is right. It has to be based on what God thinks is right. It's going to take wisdom. That means we're going to have to share some of our experience that we've already lived and learned from, right? We're going to have to take that application of what we learned and help somebody else. It's going to also take tact. I can't go to uh, Avon the same way I go to my wife and vice versa. I have to know that this person does not take this type of, uh, of talk well. They don't take uh, uh, jokes well. They don't take sarcasm well. They don't take hugs well. They don't do this. I need to have some tact when I go in there and say, okay, this is the plan so that I can help the brother or sister that I love. Amen? All right. But it is a job that we have been given to do. So we know that God, with God, nothing is impossible. We don't want, we don't want puffed up dough at Avenue G Church of Christ. If you're not a Christian, I want you to understand that you live beneath your privilege. God has something special for you. God wants you to be a Christian today, not tomorrow. God wants you to be a Christian today. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants you to be in heaven with him. But the first thing that you must do, you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus came from the majesty of heaven down to this earth. And he lived a perfect life. He died for each and every one of our sins. If you want to be baptized today, contact us. Go to our website at avegcoc.org. Contact us. Call us. Email us. We will baptize you on today. You must repent of your sins also. You must say, I no longer want to live like I've been living. I want to change my mind so that my actions can change. I want to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God as I pledge allegiance to him. And I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins. In baptism, uh, when we meet the, the water, we, we meet the blood of Jesus, and all of our sins are washed away. We're no longer held accountable to what we have done in the past. God says, you have a get-out-of-jail-free pass. I don't see those things that you did before. Welcome to the family. If you are a Christian and you haven't been living the way that God would have you to live, I want you to know that you can ask for, for forgiveness. And God will forgive you and wipe your slate clean. Do so, please, as we sing the song of invitation. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Well, now we victory will have. Please don't hesitate to be saved on today. If you need to be baptized on today, please come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. That thing that you've been struggling with, he can fix it. That thing that you hope nobody noticed, he can fix it. On today, if you want to have a clear conscience towards God, if you want to be able to pray and not have to worry about how God sees you, be baptized on today. And why don't you ask the Savior to help Ask him to help you on today. Please help. If I'm a Christian and I have been living right, ask him to help you on today. Don't hesitate. Right now is the point of time. Right now. Oh, he will carry you through. Listen to this verse. And shun evil come Leave the world alone. Young Leave those bad habits alone. Language this day. Here's what 
you do. God's name. Well, now God's name hold in reverence. Don't take it in vain. Nor take it in vain. It's teaching instructions to the sing and sing. thoughtful and earnest, kind, hearted and true. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Come on. Focus, be focused on Jesus. We can do this thing, y'all. He will carry you through. And why don't you ask? All you have to do is ask him for help. I know you're struggling. I know you want to do better. I know you want to stop doing the things that you're ashamed of. Right now is the time. Come on. He is willing to Thank you all for being here on today. Um, we will, uh, Lord willing, at 5 p.m. cover uh, the latter part of Revelation chapter 6. If you need a link to that, um, I'll send it. Well, I will have to send it because the, the method that we were using is no longer free. They gave it for free for a little bit when the, while COVID business started. And now it's no longer free, so we're going to have to move to a different platform. Um, uh, for those who are watching, um, if you want to have that sent to you, just send an email to the church email address at churchofchristtemple.tx at gmail.com. Again, that's churchofchristtemple.tx at gmail.com, and I'll send that link out to you. We'll be on the platform Google Meet. If you need to download the app, it's called Google Meet. And I'll send you the link. All you have to do is click it. it it's very similar to what we've been using, but we need to go to something different um, because we haven't decided yet on which one we want to use, and we don't want to pay a whole year for something that we're not absolutely certain about. So um, we'll do that. Um, at this time, we'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Dear Most Kind and Righteous Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time thanking you for allowing us all to be here on this side of life. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus and what it means for us in our deliverance of sin, or from sin. We ask that you will bless our body here at Avenue G to be a church that loves each other enough to correct when things go wrong or are going wrong in our lives. Bless us to be a people who are willing to accept and give correction. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Yes,